I didn't have time to write a book, but you have to make the time. It's kind of like the Stephen Covey's seven habits, right? I had to fit that in and then fit other stuff around it. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. Today's topic is around why Sangram and I have written books, because I imagine a lot of you out there have thought about writing a book at some point. Maybe you've got some subject matter expertise of your own and have contemplated, God, I'd like to write a book someday. And so we thought we would just unpack what it takes to write a book, the process that we have both used, and also the why, you know, the, the why behind writing the books. Both of us have published a book, and both of us are actually working on a new book. So we just thought that would be a really great podcast. And by the way, while I say the word podcast, I also have a podcast on Should You Be Podcasting Too? So I know that some of you out there are, you know, more verbal than writers. And so, you know, there's, there's a great way to get your thought leadership and your personal branding and your content out there, whether that's podcasting or videos, videos on LinkedIn or your own YouTube channel or writing a book. So today we're going to focus on writing a book, but maybe give some thought to how you can take what is in your head and the expertise that you have and get it out there to the world. Because I think that is the core of why Sangram and I, you know, did it. So Sangram, would you start? I mean, I'll weigh in, but would you start and maybe talk about how the first book came to be and, and you know, what led to that? Absolutely. This is hopefully a really interesting topic for most people, because I know so many people who say they want to write a book, but they cannot find time to do it. And I think we're going to hit on that yeah. really yeah. big time because neither you nor I have time, you know, nor Beyonce has time, nor Justin Timberlake has time. So none of us have time, but what we are recognizing is there's a need. And if you have something worthwhile, you should pursue that. So the reason I wrote a book was because in 20, late 2014, early 2015, when we were launching Terminus and the whole Flip Muffler movement, ABM was a category. It might be as hard to believe as it is for somebody to believe that there were flip phones today, but ABM wasn't a thing. So nobody was talking about it. And, and then as a matter of fact, I was trying to write about it almost every other day on some channel. And, and I was getting skepticism. I was getting like, okay, that's interesting. And I didn't want to write an ebook that people would find interesting and throw it away. I wanted to write something that will help me create credibility for myself through which I can help talk about this topic to help my company uh, be out there quite selfishly. And on top of that, really knowing the idea that nobody throws a book away. So that was the whole notion of it. If nothing has been written on a topic, which in itself is sometimes really hard to find in today's day and age, and it's not been published by a real publisher, then it, it is really an opportunity to put a name and face. And to me, that really launched not only my own personal uh, brand, whatever it is right now, also, but also help us launch Terminus in a big way because now we became the experts on the topic of account-based marketing. Um, and we can go and talk through the process of what, what I went through and what you went through, but it was absolutely a business decision. 
Uh, the book, the royalties, everything goes to the company. Nothing comes to me. It was 100% through and through board. Everybody in, in, inclusive wanted this to happen because it was such a big game changer from a business perspective. Well said. And I think the first thing that people need to hear, which they didn't hear, so let's underscore it, is it wasn't about the money. And if you're yeah. thinking about writing a book as a money-making venture, you know, Sangram, hopefully you don't mind me sharing, but, you know, I won't give the exact dollar amounts, but they'll get the point. I remember us talking and you said, you know, the amount of money that you were paid by the publisher for the book. And both, by the way, both of us have different perspectives or different approaches. So Sangram actually got a commercial publisher, which was Wiley, correct? Yep. And contracted, Wiley contracted him essentially to write the book. Now, the amount of money that he was paid for that or the company was paid for that, if you did the math, you should go work at McDonald's and, and make minimum wage because she would be paid more money than a writer ever gets paid, certainly for writing their first book. You know, it's typically under $10,000. It may be as much, depending on who you are, as much as $15,000. I've never heard of anyone publishing their first book and having someone pay them more than that. A, because you're unknown as a writer and B, because it's really hard to make money with a book. So for me, why did I write when I would, I wasn't paid a dime. In fact, I actually paid to publish the book. So meaning that there was a cost to the company and to myself for doing the book. And so, you know, my motivation for doing it is I was having dinner with my wife and we were talking about the thought leadership strategy of demand gen and talked about the content we were creating. And one of the points you just made, Sangram, which is nobody throws away a book. She said, you know, a couple reasons. I think you should write a book, David, because you have so much expertise and so much knowledge in your head, and you give that knowledge and expertise when you're talking to a person or to a group. But if you write a book, then people can get that knowledge and expertise anytime, anywhere. They don't have to interact with you. They don't have to, it doesn't have to consume your time or even the team's time. They can learn these methods and approaches if you just write it down. So it made sense to me, and that was our motivation, and know that if we gave that out you know, to a prospect or to a customer, or even, you know, uh, sold it on Amazon, which we do and other channels that people could get that expertise. And I'm proud to say that it is the number one book on lead management. My book's called Manufacturing Demand and Singer's first book is ABM for Dummies. And so, you know, that was, that was my reason for doing it. And why I say there was a cost is I had to go find a publisher that's more of the self-publishing model and have them be my project manager and help them work through a set of tasks. So there's a cost to that as opposed to getting paid to write the book. And so that, you know, we both wanted to get our expertise out there. Let's talk about process now, because I, I, I'd be curious. We haven't really dug into that together too much. And I bet we have some similarities and maybe some different processes, no doubt. So how did you, you know, from the day you said, okay, it's, it's book time and I'm going to kick things off. What'd that process look like? Well, so the first thought that came through my mind is like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Oops. You know, why did I do this? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the whole high of like, and, and I think most people didn't realize this, as high of what you all we all can be when we sign up for a new project or a contract or a new initiative. It's really amazing. And as soon as you sign, there's this buyer's remorse kind of thing. It's like, wait a minute, what did I sign up myself for? And that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, oh my goodness, why did I do this? And I think the way I admittedly knew that as a business, this was one of the best things we could do. As a matter of fact, I want to quickly touch on this and, and then get into the process is the book is still, uh, we have like 
tons of copies in our office. We use that as the best giveaway at the booth as opposed to any charge keys. So people take that, take autographs still and, and take a picture and tweet and stuff like that. Well, I mean, so it's one of the best giveaways for like 20 bucks that it was of investment less than that for us, like 10 bucks or even less because we buy in, in wholesale. So it's the best thing the people. And we use that for the whole demand gen and pipeline velocity campaigns. Every time we have a new opportunity come up, we send them a couple of copies, one for their marketing team, one for their sales team and say, hey, they think about this together. So it, it has many, many benefits and far reaching for the last four years since or three and a half years since we had it. But in, in terms of process, it was it was like this this like how do I do this when we are just five people in the company? We just launched our product and now we're doing this book. It made no sense to do it at that time. So in an in infinite wisdom and God's grace, uh, Lauren uh, Lauren Patrick she uh, she was approaching uh, Terminus and wanted to work at Terminus, and she and I connected on the first convers in the first conversation, and and she said, you know what, uh, I can help you with this. I'm like, that's amazing. I want to write a book. And I need somebody who's fully dedicated, uncorrupted with anything else going on in the company, no matter what happens. I need somebody who's fully dedicated to writing a book, which means morning 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. I would sit with her, come in in the office or video record, whatever needs to be done. She will audio record every word I would say. Then I would go run the business from 9 to 5 p.m. While she's taking all the notes from what I said or the or, or anywhere else I asked her to go research or anybody else I asked her to go talk to, we interviewed about 50 people in the process to get more insights. And then in the evening, I'll go back and edit based on whatever details that she has outlined. And we'll do that every almost every single day for about five to six months. So it was a long, arduous six months process for us to be able to get to the standard that Wiley wanted us to so that it can be published under their brand name. And, and to me, I don't think I would have been able to do this book, David, without Lauren. So thanks to her for helping me get through the process. Big shout out to Lauren. It's a big effort. And unless you're writing and it, Hey, I've never written a 50 or 90 page book, but maybe it's the same level of effort. I don't know if the size of the book matters. Certainly there's effort, but I followed a very similar process Engram. And again, that's why I hired a publisher to create that schedule and keep us on schedule. Because like you, like I didn't have time in the day or even in the evening to fit a book into my life and do that. You know, this was five years ago. My kids were younger, was certainly they're both, you know, one's graduated college now, one's still in college. But at that time, you know, I'm still helping, you know, very active role as a father with homework and programs and that type of stuff. You know, business was growing tremendously. I didn't have time to write a book, but you have to make the time. It's kind of like the Stephen Covey's seven habits, right? I had to fit that in and then fit other stuff around it and use the similar process to you to make sure that I was disciplined to working on it. A big technique for me that I did is I did a lot of preparation working on my outline and working on the sub bullet points, which basically my outline was each chapter. So the highest level of the outline was what every chapter of the book would be. And then I created four sub points for each chapter, which was the main topics for that chapter. And that's how I worked on that outline. And once I got that outline refined enough that I felt like it's time to now put the next level of, of pen to paper, uh, if you will, then I grabbed every piece of content that I had written previously on lead scoring and lead nurturing, all the blog posts that I had done, any type of content or presentations. And I pulled that all together and I went to the Intercontinental Hotel in San Francisco and I locked myself away for at least three days. I think it was three and a half days. 
I wow. ate the same thing every morning. I ate the same thing every night. I never left the room. If I did, it was actually just to clear my head, but I really never left the hotel. And it looked like an episode of like CSI where I had all the stuff that I had written up on the walls and my outline and just started cranking and cranking content. And then at some point during that, I was joined by a guy who you're Lauren, who would help me with, I call it the hamburger helper, right? I wanted him to take all the stuff that I was writing and creating and then make it all just seamless throughout the book. And, And since he had written as a, I wouldn't say ghostwriter, but, you know, helped in this process with so many other writers that I could learn from him on how to best structure the content and how many chapters to have and and how long the chapters and just make it a strong narrative. And then he, like you, we worked together for months following that on all the different iterations and, you know, followed a schedule like you did to make sure that we got done. And we finished start to finish in six months. So there is a little, I didn't know that there's a little similarity there in the time frame. I think you want to do it in that time frame. You'll never get it done. It's kind of like a wedding. Does a wedding really need to take a year to plan it? Well, it certainly gives you enough time. Do you need more than that? Well, you're probably not doing it as fast as as you need to. And so keeping this schedule compressed will probably add to the quality of the book than actually dragging it out in my perspective. And like you, I, I kid around. I say like, you know, I'm on the New York Times best giver list. We do give the book out, you know, <laughs> to all of our prospects, to all of our clients who are interested in it, certainly to every new hire inside the company. And we give it out at conferences. I've done lots and lots of book signings. And when I go and speak, I'll make copies available. This is not a moneymaker for us from the sale of the book by any means. And like you, we spend about, I think we spend about $10 per book for the hardcover books. And so it's not an inexpensive piece of, let's call it collateral, but what a great gift. And let me just share a couple of results. And I, I want to get into the the why, you know, like not the why, the results, like what's happened from you having this book. And I want to share that as well. Let me start off with a couple. One of my happiest days after the book was published was someone coming up to me at a conference and they go, Hey Dave, thank you so much for your book. And I'm like, you're welcome. And he goes, no, like I got a job because of your book. I didn't know much about this. I had been doing other types of social media marketing. I didn't really know about B2B and you know, demand generation in terms of marketing automation, CRM. I read your book cover to cover. I went on an interview the next week and I'm telling you, I got the job because I knew the lingo and I understood the methodologies that you had shared. So thank you so much. That was an amazing, you know, just so rewarding as an author to hear that you helped someone that much. Another story, December 24th, the day before Christmas, someone sent me an email from a company on the East Coast, very, very large in the security area. And I mean, security, like physical security, cameras, alarm systems, and that type of stuff. And their company was about to make a big pivot and move to generating leads online. They had received all of their leads to date through a third party. And she read the book. I don't know where she got a copy of it, but she read it. And actually, I think she picked up a copy at the Serious Decisions Conference. And then she read it. She reached out to me voicemail and she goes, hey, I've been talking to this other agency. I just finished reading your book. I think I want to work with your company because I want to do everything in your book. Can you give me a call after the holidays and discuss it? And so talk about, you know, generating revenue. That's just one of the very first examples I remember of someone reaching out and saying, I want to work with you guys because of of the book. And they're still a client to this day, great client of ours, and they've lived the dream and implemented all those practices. I think the most personal experience. We, we talked about Justin Timberlake. Imagine if you're Justin Timberlake and you're out for the very first time and you hear your song played on the radio. I was at a Starbucks 
And I walked in and was waiting for my drink. And I turned to the right and I saw someone reading my book in Starbucks. I'm like, wow, it's real. Like, you know, cause to me it was real in a different perspective, but to them, they were reading the book. And, uh, I walked over, I said, how's the book? And, uh, they looked up, they go, oh, it's good. And then they like, oh my God. And we had a fun conversation and, um, very, very, very cool. What about for you? I mean, I could go on, but I want to hear some of your results. Like, what do you think that the books brought to you maybe personally, certainly to the company and, and to the people that have read it? Yeah, man. I think, first of all, those are so amazingly good examples. Just warms my heart even hearing them. Uh, and I think, and those are, that's quite honestly, that's your, that's your and my royalty. That's the legacy, uh, all of that, right? Wrapped up into those three examples you just shared, because that's really all all you'll have left at one one point or another. So, in in many ways, for me, what's the most exciting? And I shared this at the Flip On Funnel conference. Somebody pinged me um, on LinkedIn and said that, "Hey, I'm doing a PhD thesis on the topic of account-based marketing, and we're using your book." to do this as the class curriculum and 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 that's how they're going to study it and and do a workshop and a thesis and his PhD will be on in account based marketing. Awesome. And, awesome. And you think about that for a second and you're like wow. One it's a brand new category that's getting created at the heels of of this book but also that there are people now potentially learning this in their university in their classrooms. That is something that I personally, as you and I have talked about and created notes on just connecting with education deeper, because that's really where it all starts, that this is now in the hands of students that in the master's program trying to finish their PhD and topics. So to me, that was a very gratifying moment. The, another example that, that, that happens more often than not is, you know, when all of a sudden somebody would literally say, hey, I read your book and it was awesome and it was great. And, and you, you, you don't even know who they are or what it is, but they meet you as if they know you personally. And there's this, that connection between you and it's, uh, I always enjoyed those kind of specific moments where you're randomly at a booth at a conference or at an event or and, and somebody just runs into you like, thank you, can you autograph this, that kind of stuff. But then here's something I recently did. I did this, I saw that my, my book on Amazon had a couple of negative reviews mm-hmm. and I was reading it. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. This person really, really went to the lens to to explain how bad he felt after reading the book. And it was exactly, diff- it's very opposite to everything else that was said. So he's reading it. And my eight-year-old son comes by and he, you know, we just chat chatting and he's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm reading a review on my book. Do you want to read it? And he said, oh, of course. And he thought I was going to share a positive review. I opened up the worst possible negative review from this person. And Krish, my son, he read that and he was like, his eyes were teary, right? I mean, he was almost crying. He's like, dad, like, why would somebody do this to you? And I'm like, no, dude, this is, this is what it's it's about. I didn't write a book just to get accolades and, and, you know, have people sign and autographs and whatnot and to feel great about myself. I wrote this book because I felt like there was a need and it was a great personal as well as business decision to to drive a conversation. And this person took the time to write me. So one, he read the book, you know, for whatever reason, it did not resonate. So it's an opportunity for me to not connect. And I try to connect with that person, but it's anonymous, couldn't find him and all. So it, I couldn't really personally connect with this person, but I tried a couple of ways and a couple of times. But to me, that moment, that was a great moment for me and my son to recognize that it's not all 
amazing. You're opening up something, your reputation, your own personal value. You're, you're going to put it on display and, and your book is going to represent you and some people are going to like it. And I did not realize the other part that some people are going to hate it. And that was a big realization for me. Yeah, it's real. You know, you're, you're not going to please all the people all the time. You know, anyone who's an actor, actress, singer knows critics very, very well. And, and you, you got to just you know, take that feedback. And if it's useful feedback, then incorporate it into, into your next book. I think for everybody listening to like one thing that I want to make sure I went to California public school, like I'm not a writer, you know, I, I don't have the kind of, you know, I didn't ace English and I don't have writing skills. Like when I write stuff, certainly anything that I pretty much publish other than like a LinkedIn post, I have our editors look at it and clean it up and they always find stuff. So if one of the things that's holding you back is you feel like you don't have the writing skills that's what your editor is for. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about even some of the continuity aspects of the book. If you have a good editor, they will help you, like I said, with that hamburger helper and turn the meat of your content into something that is just a wonderful, tasty dish. So don't obsess about that. Sangram and I are both, we're going to lean more towards you know, auditory skills, right? We're both good public speakers and we're both very passionate speakers and we're good you know, one-on-one or in groups, you know, locking ourselves away, writing a book is, doesn't fit our personalities. So it took a lot of energy and effort for us to want to, want to do that. Any other thoughts, Sangram or advice on, you know, I I just want to help people get over the hurdle of writing a book, because if it's something you want to do or thought about, put it on your bucket list and get it done. And, and whether, you know, I don't know if it's a fictional book, but in terms of nonfiction, it is so rewarding as you can hear to inspire people and direct people and teach people something. And, like you, I got a call from uh, email actually from the University of Utah, and they use my book in the graduate marketing program. And I'm like, really? That's incredible. Yeah. It's so rewarding. What about you? Any other thoughts on hurdles or obstacles? Yeah, I, I think it, I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like one, a lot of times I went through this personally is that I had a lot of self doubt. Like, do I even have enough material to cover in this book? And I think. We all give ourselves one, if you're either on the high side, man, I got to write about this. And we, we take some time to kind of write. And then we say, well, that's it. That's all I got. Like, I don't know what else can I write on it. But then as I started to, to really dive deep in it, the, the, it just started to flow. And, and I think that's where I realized that, no, I have a lot more to say and think and, and examples and experiences that I want to draw on and people I want to, 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 to have their insight into it. And people are more than willing to have the insights in it to make this a better book. So, so I, I think one of the biggest hurdles that I've heard people talk about is that, all right, I got an idea. I'm going to do this thing. And maybe they figured out the hack of trying to get somebody else to write it for you or, or external publishing. So you don't have to take six months out of your job and not do not anything and write book. Like, no, you can do it simultaneously if you wanted to. Yeah. I have seen people get into this mindset of like, well, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to do. So I loved when you shared, Dave, that you created an outline. And quite frankly, I tr- I did the same thing. But guess what? Towards the middle of it, we had to completely flip it and change it and go upside down and right and left and left and right and in many different ways. Given that we had Wiley involved in this whole process, and it was it was grueling. It, there were moments where I wanted to give up on this idea of writing the book and, and forget about it kind of thing. Like I had more bigger problems with my company and launching it and product, but it really had to be done. And I'm, I'm so glad I did it. So there are, in, in this whole process, I guarantee, and I think I speak for you, David, to correct me if I'm not wrong on this, there'll be moments where you might feel 
not doing it even after starting the book, even after getting to a few moments. And, and, and at that time, you just have to, to persevere through it because the end result of this one, like examples, especially like that Dave shared, they're incredibly lifetime rewarding moments. Yeah. It's very much like the hero's journey that you've heard me talk about when I teach storytelling that we do, we run into that, that roadblock. And I'm, I'm kind of right there right now, Sangram, candidly, I am working on my second book, which is Agents of Change. My goal is to have it out in February of 2019. And I'm about 30,000 words into it. I definitely have a lot of meat to it. And I'm just really busy and like busier than I've ever been in a long time on work side, personal side. And I'm saying it that way because it's an easy excuse and to just put it on the back burner. And it's tough. And I feel like right now, like maybe my schedule's too aggressive. Maybe it needs to be later in the year. Does it really matter? And, uh, you know, I just, just need to kick myself in the butt to just keep working on it and keep getting it done. So you've got to block out time on your calendar or use a schedule like Sangram for doing it. But yeah, don't be surprised if like both of us, you hear that there's this point and you're like, oh my God. And, but you know what? It is so worthwhile when you break past that and you get to the point where you're starting to see it take its final shape and you, you know, eventually get to that point where the final PDF is going off to the printer to get printed. And then a week or so after that, you're holding your book in your hand and you read it and it's just, it's, you know, you're done. And it's just, I felt Singram actually, when I finished my first book, I'm like, awesome, I'm done. I'm working on my second book right now. Like I wanted to get started right away. It was interesting. Like I went, the pendulum swung to like, I can't wait to write my next book. Now it's taken me five years and there's real good reasons for doing that. None of which has to do with being busy. It's that I wanted to collect the stories to put together the next book and write that. By the way, on the cost wise, if you're thinking of doing like a soft copy book, again, it depends how big it is. You can do a book for $10,000. You can do a book for $40,000. It doesn't have to be much more than that if you're self-publishing. And a big part of that cost is the initial copies that you're probably going to order for yourself and give out to people. But you know, that just give you some some cost ranges there and certainly your time. But but do it. If, you, if you've got, hey, if you're a CMO, a marketing leader, um, maybe you're a, young in your career and you've learned marketing automation and you think that your approach and the way that you've done it would be helpful to someone else. Imagine what it would do for your career if you wrote the book on X. And don't do it for the celebrity of it. You're not going to walk down the street and people recognize you as the author. But you are going to touch people and you're going to influence and impact people and it's going to help your personal brand and it's going to raise your level of perceived expertise, either real or whatever, because you've written a book, it makes you an expert on this on this topic. And, and you probably are if you've got the subject matter to do it. Absolutely. And Dave, I think where you started off is something that I feel it, never, it doesn't get lost in all of this, which is do it for the right reasons. Yeah. And you have to figure out what that reason is. I, I, you know, I know we talked about like, like it's not in, in it for the money. There are a few people that I know who have got six figure from book science, but they were, there are some people who have been, they already had enough personal brand to, to warrant that, or they were either a TEDx or something that had already had millions of views or something like that, or they have the pedigree or support that they needed to get something like that. So there are there are going to be examples that people, if you dig deeper, would find out. But 99% of the people who are first-time authors is exactly what Dave kind of pointed out. But so why you're doing it and do you need your business to support it or are you doing to, going to do it independent of your business is a really, really important question because 
If you're doing it for your business, you have to get everybody on board and make sure it is used, leveraged, and supported by your company in the best way possible, which is what both Dave and I have been successfully and thankfully have been able to do it. But if you're going to do independent to you, whatever company and business you're in, then you have to be mindful of the time that you're going to put in because it's going to take a ton of time. So you just have to make sure that you understand who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. Well said. You know, so Sangram and I have been talking about many different ways that the book can benefit you. And I know, Sangram, you've mentioned to me about some of the public speaking that you've done as a result of the book. So tell me how that kind of came to be. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is just a, such, a, such an incredible feat for me personally to achieve and thereby impacting business in a very positive way. This year alone, I know because, and largely because of the book, I'm speaking at 30 different events. And if if you think about that for, for instance, and I know you do do a lot of speaking as well, like I I actually went and had my assistant do a tally for it. And it's, if if we were to actually pay top dollar to be at these events, to speak in some cases, I've been a keynote in some cases I've been uh, in, in one of the, the, the rooms, like it's a breakout sessions. In some cases it's a workshop, right? So it's, it comes in all stations, and sizes and it's been, it's been fine to just go through the process. And if I tally all of that together and say, if I were to pay money to get me to go speak at some of it, it's more than half a million dollars. And it's just crazy, right? And and we have at Flip My Funnel and others, we have paid people to come and speak at our conferences. And I don't know how much it, it costs them to do it. And it costs us to get somebody like them to come and speak. So I know we, we talked about the fact that, yeah, you know, it's not a money-making scheme and necessarily for you if you're doing it for your business. But it definitely will get you out there. You will be on many more podcast interviews. You'll be doing many more webinars, maybe. You maybe you'll definitely be speaking at more events, talking about whatever that you have written. So it creates that kind of following for you. And, and that, in an effect, if you use that as an ROI driver, you can put fifty, sixty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. I know people get paid to go and speak as a keynote. So when I think about the ROI for me uh, and the company as a result of it. It is incredibly big. Great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And you know what? I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up because I think there are people out there that have contemplated writing a book and maybe this was enough to get you on the path. Certainly feel free to reach out to Sangram or myself if you need some pointers or resources on where to get started. We would be happy to help you. And I think some of you, you know, tuck this away for the future when you're at a stage in your career or a role inside the company that it's going to help you. Again, can be incredibly personally rewarding but also huge impact to your organization. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.